You're now listening to Cinco Squad. Here we go again, and the Tampa Rays go crashing out of the playoffs because the offense decided to disappear for two years in a row. I mean, we're talking almost 40 innings of baseball, and what all they can muster up is one run? Are you kidding me? I mean, I remember saying on the show a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, that the season's over, all the crap that happened to Juan DeFranco is going to derail the season. It really did it. All they did was they couldn't hold up Baltimore or catch them, and I was hoping they would so it wouldn't be in this wild card situation. But here we are again, and this time we are hosting. Last time I was up in Cleveland, now we're at home. But here's what I'm really pissed off about. What the fuck are we doing 3 p.m. games for? I mean, there's not even 19,000 people there. That's less than was there pre-COVID or whatever it was when the numbers were way down. And it's, it's playoff time. Like, don't put the game at 3 p.m. when people can't get out of work, people can't take their kids to the game, or kids have to miss out on school to be there. That's just asinine. I don't know what the hell's going on with the Rays. I, it just sucks that this is two years in a row now. I was hoping more than anything we would get to see a great series against the Orioles. Now the Rangers move on, and I thought they were the team to beat in the AL when they were really on fire, and maybe they are right now again, who knows. But at this point, I don't give a damn. Tampa, you gotta do something, because those bats cannot disappear if we make it back to the playoffs next year. Yeah, buddy, we're back here again for another week. Of Cinco Squad episode 79. What's going on, everyone? My name is Jonathan with Cinco Squad. With me are my brothers, Mike DeSanto, Grandpa Jay, and Trey Day. Fellas, happy Thursday. Thursday, boys. Yeah. Great week, college football. Colorado stood around with the USC Trojans. Mm-hmm. Very shocking on that. Football, up and down, NFL. But had a great weekend. How was your football weekend, fellas? Yeah, that's some great games. Did they play football this weekend? No, yeah. No, the, the one with your feet. Oh, that was great. No, I, no. I didn't watch the NFL. I don't have it. For me, not so good. Liverpool, red card. Had to play Tottenham with 10 men. One of the worst officiated freaking matches in years. And freaking Tottenham Hotspur beats us. I hate losing to Tottenham. Not a great week across the pond for the eye. Yeah. Well, what's highly anticipated for us is what's on Mike's mind. So let's yes. turn it over to Mike yes. to hear about his fun fact of the week. If it's about Michigan, I'm like, I'm okay with it. It's not about Michigan. I'm sorry. Thank God. But, guys, I have found us a fact that combines everything that's going on right now. We got a little bit of college football. We got a little bit of NFL. We got a little bit of baseball. And that is this. I like it. In now less than one week's time, specifically six days, with the anniversary of on October 11th, 1992, one primetime Deion Sanders played a game with the Atlanta Falcons against the Miami Dolphins in Miami. After the game, he flew to Pittsburgh in time for the Atlanta Braves game against the Pittsburgh Pirates in Game 5 of the NLCS. Sanders that day returned two kickoffs and one punt and caught a nine-yard reception facing Dan Marino and the Miami Dolphins. But unfortunately, he never got in the game for the Atlanta Braves in Game 5 of the NLCS, or he would have become the first pro athlete to play in two different sports on the same day. Yeah. And at night, he delivered four baby No, sure. Yes. <laughs> the following morning. No, I do know he he played in the rest with he played in the rest of I believe the Braves playoff games that that season just because mm-hmm. the time frame allowed him to before the Falcons had to play again. But yeah, I found that really interesting that uh 
primetime of, as you said, Colorado, happened to have played in two cities on the same day, one of which was an MLB playoff game. So Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Trey probably knows more on this because he loves Deion Sanders. and, and But I think Deion loved baseball more than football, and I think it was reverse for Bo Jackson, right? I know yeah. for Deion. Yes, I can't speak for Bo. I know Dion was bigger baseball. I know Bo. Oh, actually, yeah, Bo. Bo too was bigger baseball too because I remember he didn't play up until the Royals or whoever he was 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 done with their season and yeah. then joined the Raiders. So, right. but that doesn't surprise me. I mean, he's he's a guy that just always wanted to go go go. That dude had was like an energizer bunny. Yeah, you know, Dion Dion hooped in high school and ran track too. Yep. Oh well, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, he's a four sport guy. He seems yeah, like a guy that gets bored with his sports and like wants to try new things. Let me just, yeah. Let me just, let me just try this. Oh, I'm great at this too. I'm an all-American. Great. <laughs> Wonder if he ever contemplated hockey. I'd probably be good at it. Yeah, he probably <laughs> would be good at it. I would love to see him do that. <laughs> uh, skates. Little, little on skates. <laughs> and then take a slap shot and score. A that'd goal. be awesome. That'd be that'd be epic. I'd be like, oh my god. Well, guys, you know what else is epic? Every single week here on Cinco Squad. That would be Jamie's locks of the week. Jamie, take it away. Bring it in, guys. Bring it in. Last week, Kansas Jayhawks, not like they let me down, but game time decision with their starting quarterback. They bring in the backup. The kid does not have any game. So, of course, they hung around for as long as they could, but that defense couldn't handle it. 93 degrees down there in Texas. Texas pulled away. However, the other two hit. So, you guys still got two locks. You could have made up for that Kansas bet. But that Kansas is kind of like a mulligan. Game time decision, starting QB would have made all the difference in the world. Credit to Texas. They pulled away. Kind of pissed off there. Of course, I couldn't change it. I thought we would have had a 3-0 week if that wasn't the case. But so much action this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. I don't have one. I don't have two. I don't have three. I don't have four. Not two, not three, not four. I got five locks for you guys this week, all right? We're going to take three in college, and we're going to go in the pros for two locks. Here's where we're starting this week. I'm thinking first half here, and I love what I'm seeing with first half outcomes. We got the battle that most people in the Midwest just love. Actually, not in the Midwest, in the Southwest. They can't get enough of it. We're talking about Red River. We're talking about Oklahoma and Texas going at it this weekend. We don't know how often we're going to see it anymore when Texas is over in the SEC. However, however, we're getting it this year. So first half. Oklahoma's getting points. Texas has not been playing well in the first half at all. They have not been that team in the first half. They're actually finishing games better. I love Oklahoma in the first half. You're probably going to get it at three and a half points right now. Take the Sooners in the first half. They're going to be ahead at halftime, or they're not going to be down by three. So you're either going to push or you're going to win if you get it at three and a half. Then, of course, I got to go with my Kentucky Wildcats. Coming down to Georgia this weekend. Last time Kentucky beat a number one team, that was LSU. That was back in, I think that was around 2007 when LSU was number one. Took them a triple overtime, win the game. I know it's a tall task where they're not going to win the game, but they're going to play Georgia really close. Here's what I love. I love that both teams aren't moving the ball very well in the first half. Thank you, Florida, for not showing up last week. My boy, Ray, Mr. Ray, running Ray, had 280 yards against you. Ray Davis might not have that same day against that Georgia defense. However, both teams are going to keep the ball on the ground. Georgia is so one-dimensional offensively. I love Kentucky to hang around. Give me Kentucky all day long in the first half. 
to keep that under. That's under 24 and a half. I don't even think they get to 14 points by halftime in that game. Then Miami going against probably one of the worst Georgia Tech teams in the history of the program. 21-point favorites right now. I think Miami wins that game by about 37 points minimum. They're going to blow them out the water, take Miami. Those are my three college locks. You got the Sooners in the first half, take the points. You're probably going to get three and a half. You got Kentucky and Georgia, take the under in that at halftime, 24 and a half, and take Miami at 21. If you could tease it down to 14, take that all day too. Then in the pros, Shay, I know your Steelers and the Ravens have been known to always end up playing these games that somehow always get decided by three points. I don't like what I saw in Houston last week. I know it's a pride thing. I know JJ. I know that TJ is going to show up and he's going to wreak havoc. But I kind of see the Ravens winning this one by a touchdown. So give me the Ravens minus four. And then we got the Bengals. If Joe Cool is going to do it, if Jamar Chase is going to have a breakout game, it's got to be now in the desert, right? They're heading to Arizona. They're only three-point favorites. I know last week they got blown out the water, 27-3. Derrick Henry tossing touchdown passes. Bengals looking like the Bungles again. Give me the bounce back this week. Love the Bengals. So on the pro side, Ravens minus four, Bengals minus three. Both teams for the W, and they're going to cover the spread. And that, ladies and gentlemen, are your locks of the week. Brought to you by Fans Idea, where you can get a jersey that looks this fly. Subscribe, just get online, Cinco Squad 10. You get your 10% discount. You can look fly like us. Okay, let's get straight to the point. Canada must go. This man is a criminal and he is a crook. He is stealing money from the organization, stealing money from the NFL, and I'm pretty convinced that this man is point shaving. He should be investigated because I'm pretty sure I see that man on FanDuel betting under every week with these lackluster performances he's putting up as a Pittsburgh Steelers offensive coordinator if he even deserves to be called a coordinator. I love going to Canada, but this man makes me get sick when I hear the word Canada now. He's starting to take the joy of the football for me as a fan, the rest of the fans, and for the players. You can see it on their face. They're not enjoying this. Kenny Pickett, he's ruining him right now. George Pickens, he's ruining that talented man right now. And Mike Tomlin, if you don't do something soon about this, your ass is going to be on the hot seat too, and it's going to get scorching fire on that hot seat very soon. The defense, I feel bad for them. You're wasting great seasons by T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, and the guys. Because every time they're on the field, it's the entire game. It's so many threes outs, it's ridiculous. They have a league worth 53 first downs through four games. Compared to the Dolphins right now, or leading the league, they have 102. They have basically doubled us up, which is fucking ridiculous. We're the fourth lowest yard total uh, per game in rushing in the league. And, side note, the Steelers have never had a 400-yard game in the Matt Canada era. The man has been on OC since 2021. The Steelers have only scored 30 points twice since 2021 when he got the coordinator job. And to top it off, this man has the nerve to have a burner account, a Twitter burner account to come at fans and tell them how he's actually doing a good job. Get the hell out of here. Matt Canada, you need to go back to Canada or go where the hell you came from. Lock him in. He's been lights out over the last three, four weeks. Right, Jay? You've been... Mm -hmm. He's been great. Been I think he's the only loss over the last three, four weeks. So. Yeah, so, I mean, he's been locking it in, you know, win that money, buy us a studio, and then become our first guest on the show. Exactly. Our first studio guest. But as we tailor into the NFL, and we are in week four, and week four is where you start to get a little nervous, as we as we notice in Trey's rant. Um yeah. What is it? Who, which team is the biggest disappointment of the year? And which team started off slow, but you feel they can revive the season because it's such a long season? 
Mike, throw it over to you. See what you think. So I decided to take the side of uh, the team that can revive their season despite a poor start. And there were a few teams on my radar when it came down to this side of things, but one stood out to me, and that would be the currently 0-4 Carolina Panthers. Hmm. I believe they can revive their season. The fuck? <laughs> I mean, they have... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's fine. Please no. <laughs> yeah, I need some no, because I like Frank Reich as a head coach. I think he's a guy that can rally the guys. I, I think he got a bum deal in Indianapolis. I think he's got a promising team in Carolina. Bryce Young's return from injury is, I think, going to – kind of help rejuvenate the offense. Adam Thielen has been a great security blanket for both Young and Andy Dalton. And let's face it, they're not in the most difficult division. Mm -hmm. So I think they can beat any of those teams in that division. And you really might not have to be over 500 to make the playoffs out of there that, this year. So I really think of all the teams, Carolina has that opportunity to make a jump as they get into their deeper divisional games this year. And I think Young's only going to get better as the season goes on. So that's why I'm taking the Carolina Panthers. Well, he's got to he's got to be on the field number one, mm -hmm. and well, and he's already and he's already out with injuries. His first game of the year, which is a not a very good sign for a rookie quarterback, especially a smaller rookie quarterback. We noticed one in uh, you know in the desert that has suffered injury every single year. I don't see this being the team that revives itself. I see this team continue to struggle because they don't have an identity. They don't have, yes, they have, you know, old school Adam Thielen. They have, you know, Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton really hasn't been, I mean, he's never really been a great quarterback in the league. He's been a sound backup if you need him in there for a couple quarters or something. But I mean, I don't, I mean, their best defensive player just went down. I think it was Shaq Lawson. Is that it? Or Burns is probably or Brian Brian Burns. Yeah. Who's the Shaq guy on? Who's Shaq on the on the Panthers? No, Shaq Thompson. Shaq, Shaq Thompson. Thompson. He went down in the in the recent game. I don't know, man. It's that's tough. I mean, yes, I get division, but I think division is a lot harder now than it was last year. I think the Saints are a better team. You know, they've struggled. You know, the Buccaneers seem to be gelling pretty good together other than that Monday night performance against the Eagles. You know, that's minus that. I don't know. It's tough. I, I, I don't see that. No, and, I, and I, I, I hear the concerns, but I just think, well, first of all, the Buccaneers, let's face it, we've said it for two weeks now, Baker's going to do Baker things. So I don't know if the Buccaneers – sorry, Jamie. I don't know if the Buccaneers long-term have the ability to hang on to this division, and then maybe they'll, they'll surprise me. I don't think the Falcons are as good as they've looked at, at times. I think they're set to regress. I guess that's that's my thing. The Saints are going to be the toughest toughest test for the Panthers, I think. And they're but up my, right now, too. On them. Hmm? And the Saints are also up 1-0 right now on them. As far right. As right. So that is, that is going to be the toughest part of that division, but I see it as the – when I looked at the league, the most open door to be able to still salvage a playoff appearance or at least a playoff push out of this season, something that they 
would be able to label a success as far as contention and improvement and things like that. Well, it ain't gonna, it, 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 it ain't gonna start for the next four or five weeks because they got the Lions on the road, they got the Dolphins on the road, they got Texans team who's starting to gel pretty good together. Colts team, you might get they may get the victory. Bears probably get the victory. Then I gotta go first Cowboys at Titans at Bucks at Saints. I don't know, man. That's, that's a hell we'll of a schedule to go through. I, I think they get maybe one, two wins max out of that right there. And that's that's two in what? Uh, at six, so ten, two and ten. I don't know. I, I just don't see that team being, being – uh, I just can't see them winning more than five games this year. Yeah, man, I can't see – I mean, the rest of the schedule looks very tough, especially with mm-hmm. – especially a playoff team. You're saying they're making the playoffs? No, I'm saying they have the best cha- – well, I mean, someone's making the playoffs out of that division. So when I look to oh, other I teams, I see them as the having the ability to sneak into that division when it's going to be – I mean, they're going to need to beat the Saints in New Orleans, which is a tall task. But I think they can beat – Which the Bucks just did easily. So – and I think they can beat the – I think Carolina can beat the Bucks. Not at home. Not in Tampa. Not with not not with that defense. The defense for the Bucks, I will give them credit. They are a good defense. All the teams are under sixty now, yards a game. On the right ground. against the Eagles, the Eagles missed out on a lot of opportunities. But the Bucks red zone defense is is pretty solid. It's almost as solid as that Super Bowl run year. They're pretty solid in the red zone. I mean, the Eagles didn't take advantage of that because that game could have easily been thirty-seven to seven at half. Mm-hmm. But I would say that that Bucks red zone defense is pretty As you mentioned that Bucks defense, I know we hate it, but the numbers that can compare the most right now to that Bucks defense is the Cowboys match every single stat that that 2002 Bucks defense had. And I know they played some cookie-cutter teams. Tampa played two really poor teams, too, to start the year, which inflated their stats a lot. But I'm I'm happy that our defense is gelling. I feel last year it was a problem. I just don't think Carolina has it in them to jump everybody in the division. And Bryce Young is probably more of a disappointment in his first year than people expected. I knew we shouldn't have expected a lot from him, but based on the way C.J. Stroud is playing, he's going to be seen as a disappointment. Especially because Bryce is not on the field. <laughs> no, he was on the field last week. He was? Hmm? Yeah, he played last week. No, he only, missed, he only missed one week. He only missed one. I mean, I could see this being a, a sign for weeks to come. It missed one week. For week one, he was out. Yeah, I was expecting to miss more time. So yeah. he, I mean, he was out for two. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll see down the road. But uh, Trey, who, who, what, what's your uh, biggest disappointment or team you think can revive himself? Uh, for me, I went biggest disappointment, and I guess it depends on what angle you look at from this team. But they're two and two, and their whole division is two and two. So they still have a shot. But for me, it was actually. Them boys down there in Duval County. Duval County. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was with, agreeing with as that. As close as they played the Chiefs in that playoff game, knowing that everybody had an extra under their belt, bringing uh, Ridley in, uh, having an extra under Trevor Lawrence, having them have an extra year removed from Urban Meyer, which basically mm-hmm. just fucking killed the whole year for mm-hmm. them. I thought all that combined, I just expected them to like take off that division. Mm-hmm. Isn't it strong? I mean, the Texans on the other end are like, oh my God, I can't believe it's good. I just, in my mind, I expected the Jaguars to like take a really big leap. 
and mm-hmm. I just haven't seen it. I mean, they've been playing average at best. They may make the playoffs still, so I can't say can't turn it around, but it just doesn't look as smooth as I expected it to look mm-hmm. this year. So it's the Jags for me. Well, not only that, in the first first three quarters of that Chiefs game this year, it's almost like after that fourth quarter on, they have struggled. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that first half, they played lights out. In the third quarter, they played lights out. And then Patrick Mahomes does what Patrick Mahomes does and gets that dub. And the Jaguars were all flustered by it. And it seemed like it carried over to the next game. So I agree with you. I expected because that team brought back a lot of talent on offense, a lot of talent on defense, drafted very well, got themselves three levels of talent on, on defense, got them back, got Calvin Ridley out there. You know, I just did not expect this. And maybe their schedule is a little harder than – we expected, but for them, I mean, now that everyone has a year of tape on them, this is kind of like what the Eagles are seeing down right now. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got a year of tape on you. They know what your plays are. They know what kind of schemes you're going to run. So they're going to throw different packages out there to see what you can do. And, I, you know, I think they're escaping wins, but I also think they're escaping losses as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, sure. you know, they like, you know, Falcons, they won 23-7, but the Falcons were in that game most of that game. You know, the Colts game, they right down to the wire, 31 to 21. You know, the Texans was a surprise. So I can see that. That's it. That was on my list, actually, for one of the biggest disappointments. Yeah, I think for me, like, I, I agree that it's been a bit disappointing. You expected them to come out, especially when you're not really expecting the Colts to be good and you're not really expecting the Falcons to be good and you're not expecting the Texans to be good. So you're like, okay, there's three games out of their first four that we think, okay, Jacksonville can win these easy good way to get into the rhythm of the season i think this they're showing the risk that you see when you have such a young team a team where you're bringing in a lot of younger players it's that they're all like you said john they all they have a year of tape on them right and you've got a bunch of guys on your team that are all trying to make those adjustments to having a year of tape on them at the same time and so it just doesn't seem to have been clicking for a lot of their guys so we'll see We'll see what happens with the Jaguars. I think they can still make the playoffs in that division. But don't be surprised if Houston takes control. Yeah, I mean. No, London boys in Houston are gelling right mm-hmm. now. So, I mean, you know, the CJ Stroud got that team rolling, and, you know, he's been healthy, and that's the biggest thing. Health is your biggest advocate yep. in, in, in NFL and anything. If you're on the field, you have a chance to win every game. So, yep. if you're not on the field, <laughs> you know, you're kind of just sitting there hoping and praying. All right, Trey, who do you want next? Uh, Jay, let's hear you got. I think I know who it is, though, but let's hear it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys expect me to jump on the Bengals, yep, train him, right? And I'm, you guys are expecting <laughs> that, but I'm gonna hit Mike where it hurts. It's the New York Giants is the biggest disappointment right now. You got Dabo who comes in and almost seems like, hey, he's changed the culture, they're, they're turning for the best there. It seems like he's gonna go out, he's gonna solidify the offensive line, he's gonna protect the quarterback they just spend a whole bunch of money on. Saquon looks healthy and ready to go. All of a sudden, Saquon, Saquon at the beginning of the year, he's shaky. You don't know how many games you're going to get out of him over the next two months. Offensive line looks terrible. The defense looks terrible. The point differential is minus 76 right now. The only teams that have given up more points are the Bears and the Broncos, and they're oh, that looks pretty terrible. So I'm sitting there watching this team like, here's your chance to fight in the division, at least compete with the Cowboys if you can, because I feel like McCarthy calling the plays in Dallas is going a downward trend for that offense, but the defense is upward trend, even though they lost uh, digs. 
And I'm looking at this team playing, and it's hard to swallow it, man. I mean, the Seahawks played a very average game and still seemed like they dominated the entire game. Ten sacks. You're going to give up ten. No pro team should ever give up ten sacks in a single game. That should never happen to any pro team in the NFL. At that point, whatever you got to do to get that offensive line together and throw threats out there or whatever you need to do to get those boys to start playing like they're professionals and play at that professional level. I mean, some of the replays and watching the missed assignments, It's to me, it's like, how can you miss that? How are you blocking your own running back and turning your back to Bobby Wagner, who's coming off the inside edge this way, and your, and your shoulders turn? Come on. Like, you can't be that poor at the single assignment that you have despite not playing in that many games. You've been playing the game for too long. So I'm really disappointed in what I'm seeing up there in New York from the Giants, especially since the Jets look like they were ready to compete and beat the Chiefs last week, where they should be the ones that are on the downfall because of them losing their key player for the rest of the year. So I, I hope for your sake, Mike, that Dabo finds a way to fire the boys up and at least they compete in the next game they play. But right now, it's looking like a typical 3-13 and 13 season, and that sucks for you. Yeah, they 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 were really bad on Monday night. Like mm-hmm. this is the bad I've se- the worst I've seen the Giants in the last four or five years. Right? Mm-hmm. They were missing assignments, like you were saying. The and now I give credit to Seattle. They did have a good defense. Great game they, plan. Pete they, had was a, ready. they had a good. De- they they always have a solid defense. Mm-hmm. But the offense, like you said, if that offense was clicking like they normally would, that score should have been in the. Like what we saw in Miami, seventy mm-hmm. to twenty. That's what it should have been. It should be. It should be a disgrace to be on that team. You should be. You should be disappointed to be on that team because that's absolutely pitiful for a team to make such a leap last year, and then have your best player Saquon go out. And even when he was in, I you guys were their best player. That's what the contract says. That's the contract says. But must be best player. So that best player is out there because he's the. The golden boy who got the contract. So I'm going to need more from that man if we're going to pay that type of money. And and a lot of people people keep saying, oh, you know, he doesn't have enough time in the pocket. And I watched that game, and, you know, there was a lot of times I was counting, like, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, Mm -hmm. four Mississippi. And they're not utilizing. Like I said to Mike the other day, they're not utilizing Darren Waller. That Mm -hmm. You you went and traded for him. It's not like you picked him up out of free agency off of – you know, a veteran minimum, you traded for him. So you saw an asset with him, and you didn't do anything with it. You're not doing anything with it. Peyton Manning alluded to it during the broadcast. I was watching it. It was so bad. I was watching something that was actually funny. And he was saying, asking Eli, how come you guys drafted a wide receiver so freaking high, but he's not playing at all? And you're not utilizing him, his speed. You're not utilizing his talents at all. And Eli just sat there. He's like, I don't know. Like, you know, Eli's typical face. He just said. <laughs> but you know what? I feel like Seattle's the most, like, least talked about three-in-one team after the Rams made it look like, hey, what's going on in Seattle here? Maybe it's a down year. I know the last two opponents were Carolina and the Giants, but they went and beat the Lions in the Lions and OT. I mean, in Detroit and OT. And Seattle's a, a silent three-in-one kind of sitting there like nobody's talking about us kind of team. I feel they might be a team that can creep into the playoffs and win a game they're not supposed to make. They are, but before we move on, before we move on, hmm. someone on the screen is about Raiders Mall, Ohio State play, and I need their thoughts on the Giants. And I got to give mine. 
my topic. Never mind, Mike. No, it's just it's it's insanely frustrating and disappointing. And I've I I thought Eli had bad offensive lines. I did. Jones is running for his life. And yes, we do need to see more out of him, but if you're get letting him get sacked ten times and the other thirty times that they're rushing the passer, he's running for his life. The thing is, this offense is designed around the fact that Jones can run. Mm-hmm. But not that it's not supposed to be that Jones will run. Mm-hmm. But it has to be right now because that's the only chunk plays they can get off right now is if he runs at 10, 15 yards and then takes a friggin' lick as he tries to go down because he sucks at sliding. And yes, they need to first of all, I mean, I said it, I said it on Monday night. I don't understand why Hyatt's not in the game. And I un- don't understand why when Hyatt's in, in the game, he's running, he's in the slot running slants. Why is he not on the outs? He's a burner. Like, l- run him deep, even if it's a distraction to pull one, at least one of the guys in the secondary so you can get Waller on a post or s- something like that to be able to get something going. That's the problem. They can't get any momentum going, and the secondary is awful. 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 It's terrible. Other than, yeah, other they- than one Cordell flot tackle, game-saving tackle a, g- a game. The secondary's terrible. You just mentioned Darren Waller. It's insane to think that Darren Waller's sitting there thinking, I'd rather have Aiden O'Connell throwing me the ball right now. And I should or Brian Boyer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just thinking, like, you know, like after that game, I was like, damn, I wish the Eagles were playing the Giants back to back. We got them at the end of the season. But I wish we were playing yeah, them now because, you know, we would be, AJ, would have like, AJ would have like 300 yards. Jalen would have like 500 yards, five touchdowns. Yeah, I'm hoping we're healthy, we're healthy by those games. I mean, I hope everyone's healthy always, but like, yeah. I just, I always, I don't know. It's, it's, it's disappointing as a, as you know, a football viewer, and that you put them on Monday night, and you're expecting like a big game out of them. You know, I, I was expecting what I saw. Actually, I was expecting what we saw from the Giants from the Jets on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I was expecting that, not a close game. Mm-hmm. I turned on the game after we cut the, our show, and I looked over. I was like, damn, it's twenty to twenty. So what the hell? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but. John, I'm going to guess yours. And I know All you right. were high on them before the season started. Okay. And after that disappointment in Dallas, are you going with the Pats to turn it around? No, 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 no. I am going with um, – give me one second. I am going with the one in three Minnesota Vikings. Interesting. So that okay. team was 14 and three last year. People forget – or, yeah, 14 and three last year. Nine wins. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, nine fluke wins, but nine come. Uh, there, there were seven comeback wins on those. Um, two of them were the fluke ones. Um, but still, fourteen and three, a win's a win, regardless how you get it. You got yeah, they had a negative, got, they had a negative point differential mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, That's but with all the talent they have on their team and 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 who they've brought back on the team with receivers, with who they brought in with the receivers with Hawkinson, I thought they were going to take a huge step forward, and. You know, and I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is the end-all, be-all, but I'm just saying with that team and how they performed last year in that – with being 14-3, and three, being the top of that division, dominating. Justin Jefferson looked like he was going to go off for like 2,000 yards. Mm-hmm. He was catching everything. Monster. Mm-hmm. I thought Hawkinson would come in this year, be great. Matson's younger than Cook. He's going to be more explosive. They have not used him. 
Their defense is very is very iffy. Um, they are good red zone defense, just can't get around the stopping teams. And they got a pretty good. I mean, they got a tough schedule coming up. They got you know the Chiefs coming up, uh, coming to town, and that's not going to be easy. easy. It gets easy after that Chiefs game for like. Oh, it goes Bears. It goes Bears, 49ers, Packers, mm-hmm. then Falcons. It's like on and off. Saints, mm-hmm. Broncos, Bears. You know, it's mm-hmm. like kind of goes on and off. So. It could be they they have time to turn it around and get their season back on track, but it's not looking good right now. I mean, their point point against right now is uh, ninety five, and uh, their point forward are ninety. So, like like Trey like Trey just mentioned, it, you know, <laughs> can't go into the playoffs if they make it there to being you know a negative point differential. I mean, you got the biggest playmaker in the game, and to me, it's like he's always going to be the potential difference. And no matter what, he's gonna get his. I just feel like they're too one-dimensional this year. That Dalvin Cook, that Dalvin Cook loss is proven to be a little more of a detriment to the balance in the offense. I feel like the one team that couldn't afford to have a misbalance in offense, they had to even things out a bit more on the ground. So that's why I feel like I'm not sure they can bounce back to where maybe they can break maybe nine wins, and that might be good enough in the NFC this year. I'm just not quite sure that's going to happen for them. But they're not utilizing. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean, they they're, not, they're, they're not They're not utilizing the, the running back. That's mm-hmm. the problem. They're throwing it no, 60, 60 plus times. Check, check his fumble rate. The man oh, yeah, I know. I watched it in the game. I know he's team. on my team. <laughs> yeah, the man fumbles once or twice he's, a week. And those mm-hmm. are just the times that, you know, he recovered. Yeah. You can't trust Madison out there. If they trust him like that, yeah. that's why they go trade for Acres. Yeah. Acres already was in the doghouse with the Rams, so I don't see how that necessarily helps make any type of moves. The person they don't know how to use is Jordan Addison. That's they got to make a move for JT if they can. <laughs> yeah, that's what they need to be going for. Mm-hmm. Jordan, uh, Jordan Addison, they're not using him right if we're not using anybody right. Mm-hmm. But the defense, they, you got to remember, they lost to Darius Smith and they lost Dalvin Thomas. So they lost mm-hmm. two of their starting up four in the mm-hmm. front. And then you go look at the Cleveland Browns and everybody says, oh, my God, look at the Browns defensive line. Well, two of them were the Vikings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> last year. So, yeah, I did expect them to take a step back when you look at it that way and you lose your star running back and, uh, you know, people were kind of iffy on the head coach there. You know, we're all iffy on Kirk Cousins. The last mm-hmm. time we saw Kirk Cousins, it's fourth and, what, 15 or whatever the hell he's throwing the ball short. <laughs> trying to go save and gas for life, you know. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not shocked at all that the Vikings are starting. Me I think I was more, I think I was more shocked because of the Addison addition, which was basically replacing Thielen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, you know, I thought I thought Matson was going to take a step up because he was he was actually pretty good last year. Like he mm-hmm. he actually came in and performed well when Delvin was was hurt, and he was always good. But I think what what happened is ultimately he w- is always going to be a two back. Yeah, so there needs to be yeah, a number one. He needs to be the guy that comes in, takes a few snaps. He's not the every down back, mm-hmm. and I think that's what we're seeing with the Vikings in that and. You went and got a guy that's not an every down back now. So mm-hmm. I agree with Jay. They need to go get JT if they're going to go get someone. But who do you give up at that point? So, right? Like, you give up draft picks. They're going to give up. They have to give up. They're just not going to be. Yeah. Good. No. So, I mean, they can go get Taylor, but I don't know if that turns everything around. Agreed. 
because I just don't. The offensive line is average at best. I don't know how much we trust, uh, trust Kirk. I guess as a side question, I ask y'all since we're on the Kirk Cousins thing, you have everybody clamoring for, oh my God, the Jets need to go get Kirk Cousins. Does that really solve the Jets' problems? I don't see it that way. But no. I keep hearing that as the if they just trade for Kirk Cousins, and I'm like, y'all still they knock me better than the Bills yeah. or the Dolphins right. at the division. Well, Kirk. So like, well here's my thing, right? So you go trade for a quarterback that. Doesn't know in um, I forget what what former quarterback was was saying this and basically you go but you go and trade for a quarterback who doesn't know the system doesn't have any chemistry with the receivers doesn't have anything and now he's got to learn a playbook within six or seven days you got to go and do all, you got to build your chemistry with the receivers it's going to take at least two to three games to gain who his guys are and who what kind of routes he likes right. and by that time you could have just been working with Zach Wilson. Or I love the signing of Trevor Simeon because he was on the team. He knows the playbook. He can he can come in if if need be and develop that. I said something to you, Trey, that you you and I were talking about. One person was Joe Flacco for the Jets. He was on the team. He knows the playbook. He he knows the receiving core. He knows the, you know the team. So it wouldn't be a hard transition if you had to go away from Zach Wilson. I would have took Flacco. I mean, because yeah, Flacco was there last year, so he knows more. Yeah. The other thing with Simeon is he knows people, but he doesn't because, remember, that's two years removed. And then they mm-hmm. went and got Aaron Rodgers, you know, with Hackett or whatever. They went and got that guy, so still kind mm-hmm. of a different system. I would have probably took the Flacco route and said, all right, at least he has, like, a Super Bowl pedigree. I don't think it turns him around because the issue at the end of the day for the Jets is they went out and they sold the franchise Aaron Rodgers. You went out and got Randall Cobb, who shouldn't even be on the – NFL roster right now. You went and got Alan Zard and overpaid him because that was Aaron Rodgers' boy. Instead, you should have been improving the line. You could have kept Garrett Wilson mm-hmm. and went and got probably a better number two, but they went and appeased Rodgers and it messed up the whole setup of the team. I so, tell you what, the yeah. best best fit to me, and it won't happen. Reunited and it feels so good. Go get Sam Darnold. The Niners will never give him up because they have depth at the QB position just in case. Something happens again. Yeah, I feel he'd be the best fit right now. To be honest, it would be Sam Darnold. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, but take a shot with it. Why not? I mean, realistically, like you said, they built this offense and built the whole entire team around one particular guy. Mm-hmm. So Zach Wilson coming in. Granted, we're judging him off of if he was a fifth round pick, we wouldn't be judging him as hard as we are Correct. because he was the number two pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. That's why we're giving him. And and, right. he, and like obviously you know that game on Sunday night yeah he fumbled the ball you know but one thing I did love is the fact that the teammates came over you know and he owned it that's how I can see he's maturing mm-hmm. he owned it last year if you remember we ripped him apart because yep. he was saying like oh it's not my fault and now he's saying it's my fault like he's maturing mm-hmm. as a as a quarterback mm-hmm. as you would like to see from a kid like that who came from a non power five conference in BYU right. so. Yep. I hear what you're saying, Trey. Like, go get someone that probably was familiar with the system. But I think, but I do agree with you that the fact that there's no saving this season at this point. You got to roll with what you got and kind of fix it as you go. Put some tape on it. Get the duct tape out. Tape it up. Flexible. Be creative, right? If you want to win this division, you know, you know, I I put in there the one I I put on the Pat McAfee show uh, Twitter. I said. Uh, I don't want to overreact, but I think the Jets are going to win the AFC East. Would you imagine, though, if the Jets won the AFC East? That would be fucking crazy. That would be wild. No, I, think the Bills are gonna start I know. I know I would have to hide from all the angry Bills fans up here. Yeah. 
<laughs> burning, <laughs> burning <laughs> Buffalo, Rochester, and Syracuse to the ground. Okay, so this was initially going to be about the entire team, but one of you decided to make yourself stand out today. So this is my message to you, Evan Neal. Shut up! Seriously! Stop complaining about how all these people are booing me. What do they know? They're flipping burgers. Shut up, dude. You've sucked this year. You have regressed so much since last year. First round pick, top 10 pick, one of two they had last year to be the future of this offensive line with Kayvon Thibodeau as the future of the defensive line. And you've been absolute ass. Now, I know you're not the only problem, but you're a major problem. So shut up, get your head out of your ass, and shape up before this season is an absolute ruins. Well, as we as we continue this talk about playoffs, the MLB playoffs started this yeah. past week. And one of the things that I was wondering is which kind of elimination form do you like? Because there's essentially three different elimination forms in the MLB playoffs in most of the playoffs nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's single, which the NFL has, three right. game, five, or seven game series. Trey, I'm going to throw it over to you. What do you think is your favorite type of series and why? My favorite type of series is a five-game series. I missed the NBA first round was five games. It it was just long enough that we could figure out who's the best, but just short enough where we're not dragging. Because I've seen many a series where teams have three on, we're all like, all right, this is the formality. Can we hurry up and get this over with? I mean, we've seen this in baseball. We've seen this in in baseball. We've seen this in basketball where it's like, this is dragging. But the five-game series is just enough. So if if the underdog wins that first game, you're like, oh, shit, they only need to win two more. And then if you're in a but a 1-1 situation, it feels really intense, really quick. A 1-1 to 7 game still doesn't feel that same urgency because you're like, I can still afford to lose game three. Game three starts to become like this end-all, be-all if you do it that way. But I also like the five because it's just enough extended that it takes out like that fluke team that's like, oh, they shouldn't have really won this series. Uh, you know, maybe you wake up to sleep in Giants, so it's just enough to do that. So. I really miss that, especially the NBA in particular. I really miss it because those first rounds were way more fun than the NBA when they were doing the five. But I would love even baseball. I would love them just to play five the entire way. And basically at that point, you got all your dogs got to come right back around quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's where we get more of these situations where you got like Kurt Schilling coming out of the bullpen to relieve Randy Johnson for the dying. But you have these type of situations come up way more often. Mm-hmm. And that's like just fun for me. John, you're shaking your head. Did you know why? Well, my I was actually between two of them, I and mean, one of them was a five game. But I like the three game series, and here's here's the reason why. I like the fact in the MLB when they do the wild card is you earned your home field advantage, right? You earned being home, so you play all three games at that visitor park, and it plays a little bit more because you you're gonna you're gonna amp up the season a little bit more just because. If you have a three-game series each round, you're the higher seed. You have to, like, you want to be the higher seed because of that. Obviously, you, you want to be the higher seed because you're going to have that home field advantage for two games or most of the series, for at least four or, th- or three, like Trey was saying. But a three-game series, if, say, all the games are at the home field advantage, that is that that's enticing for a lot of teams to really compete. Plus, like Trey said, you can take your foot off the gas for one game, but that 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 next game you got to perform because if not you're gone. So I like that because it it 
It's like, hey, I ain't got time to, I ain't got nowhere to move. Like we came to the, we we've earned our way here. There's no room for error. You know, kind of like, you know, Jay, I'm not trying to shit on you guys, but like the Rays, they they hurt themselves. They had mm-hmm. four runs on four errors in that game, and it totally deflated the team. Mm-hmm. Never could come back from that. So that is the type of thing I like to see. And I think it entices people. Like you said, you can miss a – how many times do people miss the first, like, three games if it's a close series? Like, let's say it's a, you know, Cavs and Warriors that one year where they – I think they went to seven one time. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, like, in those the up – up leading there, they would just watch until like the last game, like the fourth game. Oh, they're going to sweep through this team. So I like the three game. If it's a little bit different, you got to have a home field advantage or home court or home, whatever. Um, but I do like the NFL sink. <laughs> Don't do a three game series. In oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Those guys would be out there for a while. Jay, what do you, what do you think? I like a little mix and match. So here's where I'm going with this. I love, I mean, I know you say it's too many teams not making the playoffs in the NBA. I love the single elimination game. I love the fact that if the the, the lower seed gets another chance, you know, if they go through and that kind of stuff, I, I really like that sort of the NCAA tournament knockout feel. I love it. I really think baseball would be more interesting if you get eight teams in there and you rank them one through eight, everybody plays a one game series. And then you have a loser's bracket and a winner's bracket. And in the loser's bracket, you do another one game and then you survive. And then it becomes a three game series. Then it becomes a five game series after that. I think if you kept tearing it, so you're giving the teams more opportunity to play. That means as you advance, the fans are getting more opportunities. You have more games. I just feel like the urgency and the use of bullpen and the coaching side of things would have to get just so much more interesting per game. It would create more hype. I love the same format for the NBA too. Like I think seven game series in the first round are too long. I love what you're saying, Joe. I loved when it was five. You, you felt like the number eight or seven seed had a chance. Now we've seen mm-hmm. that happen as of Miami last year, but Giannis going down kind of makes you feel like maybe if he was healthy, Miami might not have made that run, but hey, they made it all the way to the finals. So maybe they were destined to do that. But I mean, that's why you gotta love the NFL. The NFL is never gonna go to a home and away format. It's single elimination. Yeah. I just love the urgency of the fact that there's more single elimination. Because to me, it's like if you don't bring your best, they're too bad. You're supposed to be ready for the playoffs. Playoffs aren't supposed to be when you shit the bed, Tampa. Thank you very much. But I like that. Could you imagine the NFL going to a seven game series? No, it's oh, too much, bro. You got like four spring guys by the time you're in game four or five in the series. We would end, the season would end in May. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I play once a week. And <laughs> it would be interesting though if the conference, like the conference championship games, did a home and away, not the Super Bowl. And then if it was tied one-one, you do like a college format overtime rule or something that's just way fucking out there, where the fans are like, "This is crazy." Right, like that would be cool. Whether the the team with the better record gets the second game in case they lose the road game. That's interesting, Mike. What do you think? Yeah, so I'll start off by saying I agree with you guys. We'll take NFL completely out of the equation. The only one that makes sense for them really mm. is the is the single game. Yeah. Also, it's football. Like, mm. if we're if we're really that concerned, if the league is really that concerned about player safety adding not only more game more pl- games as far as playoff teams and yeah. to the regular season but also adding games that they have to play in the playoffs doesn't really make sense. I 
actually kind of glad that we all are spread out amongst them because I like seven game series the most. And that's because I really like how I like how home field advantage matters in a seven game series where when it comes down to it, if it's been an even series, you have home field for that game seven. And man, I just for in baseball, in basketball and in hockey, really, after a long series, there's nothing that beats a game seven. Like game sevens have historically been some of the most entertaining, exciting, like wild times for all of these sports. And I like the idea that in a seven game series, it really is. And this is my predominant baseball brain taking over. It's very much a chess match where it's like, okay, this pitching matchup. And yes, Trey being able to bring Kurt Schilling or Madison Bumgarner in from the bullpen. But it's like, I love that the team's, can implement a bunch of different I hate bringing that up so much but it's true but it's true but it's true it actually did happen though, so. it actually did happen they did it with Randy Johnson too Randy. What, 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 what people don't know is after the show Mike's gonna hop off there and then Trey's gonna try to text him and he's gonna be like block <laughs> thank you for making me how, how dare how dare you make me relive that again Luis Gonzalez um but yeah, I just like I like that ability to in a seven game series have that strategy. And yes, you get those series that you know get to that three zero. It's a formality. But let's not forget when we thought it was a formality, and then Cleveland came back. Yeah. So it can happen. Rare as it may be, it can happen. So I like seven game series the most personally. Sure, I got a question for you, All right, real quick. Sorry, John. No, it, go ahead. You like the two two one format of a five game, or you think it'd be more interesting if it went one two two? It's funny you're actually going to ask. I was going to ask about the seven. So I'm sorry, which way did you say the the two two one, or you said the like the two two one is the format now, right? So like yeah. the home team gets five. Would you think it would be more like it would make more sense to have a one two two, where the home team gets those final two games if they're down two one to try and you know earn the series back and come back from a two one deficit? To be honest with you, I would actually be okay if they just alternate one 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 one. Just one I was going to actually one. bring that up as a joke, but. <laughs> I know they don't want people to travel, but I would just swap. Yeah. I like it that way because yeah. it doesn't feel too unbalanced. When the seven-game yeah. series, I'll never forget this. It happened in basketball. The Lakers, uh, the last time the NBA did two, uh, did two, two, three, two, two mm-hmm. was the Lakers Pistons. And what happened mm-hmm. that time is the Lakers lost one of the two home games. They went to Detroit and just never got back home, right. so it didn't make it feel like a home court because they're like, yeah, you get to number six or seven, but it's like, what if they are that good at their house and mm-hmm. they never let us come back? Right. So. Yeah, I'm all for swapping actually, and <laughs> and then now you just get seven at home. But it gives a bad. It's something to me about we walk in their state and we come right back to our state and we go back to theirs. Like I, I look. If you gave me that idea, I would do all playoffs like that. Yeah, you just go I back would, and forth between the cities. I would do a central location. I like the bubble. I actually did like that. Why like March Madness you, type with the fake yeah. fans? Like yeah, no, I don't <laughs> like the fake fans. I would love it. <laughs> Little Wayne on there smoking a blunt. <laughs> Can't see his. It's all cloudy. <laughs> Lazy baby. <laughs> face just popping out of the clouds. Like what's going on? <laughs> oh shit! I'm Facetime. <laughs> I like the fact. So here's the thing: is like in the finals over the last few years, I've noticed in the NBA and NHL and MLB, the finals haven't really been competitive. Mm-hmm. So my thought process is to lower the amount before you get there. 
because like Denver and Miami, Miami blew everything they had in the Boston series mm -hmm. because they let it get back, right? right? And then they had to go yeah. play a tough Denver's team. They were exhausted. They were going to lose that series. Um, Florida Panthers went and played Vegas, got absolutely smoked yeah. by them. They put everything they could in to get there. And it's like you've got to play these seven-game series. Mm -hmm. And it's I think, you know, lowering the series would ultimately uh, up the level of competition because you guys are adding teams. They keep adding teams. Like now yeah. in the NBA, if you miss the playoffs, you're really bad. <laughs> yeah, because they got ten. They got twenty teams out of the thirty in the playoffs. I yep. know the. I know the playing game doesn't count, but it does. It is the playoffs. Does, yeah. Yeah. So, when it comes down to it, I think that we would have way more competitive final series. I like the seven game in the finals of all yeah. of them because you've earned the right at that point to kind of, if you want to take game one off. I'm not saying mm -hmm. people do, but if you had a bad one game one, you have the opportunity to make it up in game two, three. You know, and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. So I like the fact of lowering the series beforehand, heightening it as you get into the finals. Because I think you, you, you want – that's when you want to see the best play. And I think it's been sloppy over the last, I don't know, five to ten years. No, yeah, I, I think to I their mean, credit – Vegas I think won 9-2. <laughs> yeah. Won no, that was a – that was a, the Stanley Cup. So. Yeah, that was a bad game for Florida. No, I think to their credit, we've we've given them a lot of shit in the past, both on this show and the rotation. The MLB has it right, I think, as far as time breaks, the three. I like three five seven, as far as the build up yeah. to it. Now, the thing is, the other thing we have to factor in, as you talked about on the rotation this week, we also need to, in in all these leagues, make the schedule right, like spread the games out in a good timing fashion. Yep. Yeah. Three three is great for the wild card round. Three straight days yeah. of just games. It, that doesn't work. So at least put a day in between. Even if you're gonna keep it, it at one park. And I do like I do like the idea of like that central location, which we'll see what that NBA midseason tournament looks like this year. Is that a central location? I believe it's just the to be final part of it. Yeah. Oh, final. are they playing but are they doing Everything it like else March is actually a regular game? The final oh, part. Okay. Is okay. in Vegas is the final mm. part of the in the uh, in that bubble or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. Oh, in the in the sphere. Yeah, the sphere. The sphere. So, over the last few weeks and last few years, and it's probably been you know over the entire time the NFL has been around and or sports, but I'm getting sick and tired of seeing the videos of fans fighting after the game, during the game, whenever. First of all, you guys spend way too much money on those tickets to be fighting and getting kicked out, number one. Number two, do you really think your team is going to come help you in the hospital if you get hospitalized or in jail to bail you out? No, they're not. You're fighting over something that is something that we all love and it's sports. And I get it. You get heated. You get into heated discussions. But make it friendly. It ain't got to be all this fighting all the time. What are you proving? Because at the end of the day, you got to wake up the next morning and go to your nine to five with a black eye and explain to your boss what happened at the Giants game last night or what happened on Sunday night football. You know, it's just ridiculous in my opinion. And I, I'm just so tired of hearing it. It's the reason why I don't really go to NFL games. And I've only been to one in my whole life because I'm tired of seeing that. Like, what are you guys proving? Really? It's a game. 
It's not anything serious. Have friendly arguments. Have friendly banter back and forth. I've been to the Buccaneers Stadium where a fan and I were going back and forth all game. But at the end of the game, we dapped each other up, left the stadium, and we're cool. I'm getting so tired of seeing these videos, and I don't know what you guys are thinking you're proving by doing this because it's really annoying, and you're not cool for doing it. Like, you're not proving your fandomship by doing this. So cut it out. Enjoy the game. And number one, number two, Stop spending all this damn money if this is all you're going to do is go to those games because you're wasting money away. We're going to have our tournament going on right now as we have, a, I think, a 25-game series going on right now with yeah. our one and only Stomp the Squad. Ladies and gentlemen, if you made it to this point in short, thank you very much for joining us. Go to Finds Idea, Single Squad 10, get your 10% discount code. Yes, sir. You know what it is already. But we've reached the time of the show. What we all love is Stump the Squad. Get it right. You get plus two. Get it wrong. You get minus two. We know everything. So we're just trying not to be boastful. We get things wrong on purpose just so you can feel good about yourself. I kind of cooled off last week. It was a terrible week for me. I'm prepared for this week. I think Trey might stump the squad, though. So I'm going to go down south and see what he has on store for us tonight. All right. Let's talk about some happy times. I'm done talking about Matt Canada and jacked up Steelers time, so we're going to talk about happy times. Actually, I take that back. We're going to stay sad. Okay, so the Steelers' history of their organization, the Steelers have had a Pro Bowl selected in every season except for one season since the Pro Bowl has existed. Great history, right? Only one time. Uh, So which year was the one year the Steelers did not have a Pro Bowler on their roster? Uh, we're going to go with, is it 1986, 1988, 1999, or 2003? Give me a third again. Nope. Oh, 86, 88, 99. 2003. I'm going to go 99. So we're going to go 99 for me. John. Willie Parker, make three. Or did the steel curtain no that was a, 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 a 88 i'm a, I, had a, I got an odd feeling 88 yeah i feel like the down years were in the 80s and 99 i'm trying to remember how relevant they were in 99 and i think cow was still around they were going in through that transition right there so it may have been a bad year but i gotta follow mikey i'll go with 88 too okay so we're gonna go with 88 for mike and jay and we're gonna go with 99 for john mm-hmm. yeah Okay, so today I have successfully stumped everybody except for John. But for those years, actually, those were the worst four seasons the Steelers had in the last 30 years, or the Mm -hmm. four years, I mean. In 1986, they were under Chuck Noll. They went 6-10. 1988, they were 5-11 under Chuck Noll. In 1999, they were 6-10 under Bill Cowher. In 2003, they were 6-10 also under Bill Cowher. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, those were the four, four words. Okay. Hopefully, okay. we never see this again. Well, you haven't well, seen, Matt, a, seen any sub 500 years with Mr. Tallman at the helm. So, well, he's barely holding on to. <laughs> and a side note, as far as the coaching winning percentages, knows at 56.6 for his career as a Steelers coach, Cower 62.3, Thomas 63.4. Him and Cower getting really close <laughs> here fighting for the popular percentage. But, Mike, what facts you got today for us? Okay. So, it's playoff baseball time, which means I come to you with a playoff baseball question. 
Okay. And that is this. How many times in their entire history did the Montreal Expos make the playoffs? Oh, wow. Whole history of Montreal Expos? How many times did they make the playoffs? Is it one, two, three, or four? Two. Jamie says two. I know. Four. Trace says four. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs in 94, but they were the best team in baseball. That doesn't count, right? No. The playoffs have to playoffs had to have been played. Yeah. You said one, two, three, or four? I'm gonna one, two, go three, with Jamie has I'm said gonna go, two. I'm gonna go Trey one. Trey said four. John's gonna go one. Okay. This week I have successfully stumped the squad. Everyone but John. <laughs> win his first one tonight. It is one, and it was in 1981. And yes, they would have 150% made the playoffs Maybe in 94 too. if not for the strike. I thought I was the and, third year they would have made. Yeah. Now, I, right. and I think they would have won the World Series. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, we got to cool them off. So, John. Okay. Hmm. Hey, I went Miami, like a, a whole Miami month. Street. I went on a whole month without getting a question right. Yeah, so that's why we got to cool you off. You're going to get at least two right in the year. All right, so we're going to go to college football. Which school holds the Division One record for ties? Mm. A tie game, pretty much. Um, is it Pittsburgh, Kansas, Florida State, or Nebraska? Nebraska. Jamie says Nebraska. I feel like that's too on the nose as far as success or being able to compete. I'm going to Kansas. They are topical. <laughs> would he go? Would he go with the big? Why are they, why, why, why are they topical? Because they just got their asses kicked by Texas. Oh, I didn't even know. <laughs> we didn't uh, listen, listen to my locks. <laughs> Thanks, sorry, brother. Zoned, zoned right out. <laughs> zoned out. Um, not so fast, my friend. I was wondering what, what headpiece I was going to wear. Trey, who are you going with? Or is that Kansas? He went with Kansas. All right, Mike. I'm going Pittsburgh. Mike's going with Pittsburgh. All right, Mike with Pitt. Trey with Kansas. Jamie with Nebraska. Today, I've successfully stumped everyone except Trey. It yeah. is Kansas. Yeah, with, uh, I won't say, I won't, unless we tie, I won't, I won't say uh, tiebreaker. We're not tying right now. Well, you and Trey may. I don't know. Yeah, Trey's at minus two and you're at plus four. So I don't yeah, think but, but, but you're, you're up. But you're up. You haven't but gone yet. Mathematically, you've won. No, I didn't. Yeah. He's oh, at yeah. zero. He's at zero. Who's at zero? I'm at four. How's Trey should zero? be at minus two. He shouldn't be at zero. Yeah, he's no, gotten two he, questions he, wrong. Yeah. No, he didn't. He just got He just got one. He started Yeah, but off. he got third. Oh, yeah, he he went second. Oh, okay. He started. Yeah. Sorry, Trey. Right. Put some put some put some respect on his name. Put some tussle. I got you. Wait a minute. I got I can do on it. Okay, gentlemen. Huh? How did I miss How two? many? And you did. You, did. Okay. you guys ready? Oh, okay. I was saying I missed two. No, that's what I was saying. You didn't miss two because like you were Yeah, you're at zero. Yeah, well, you didn't get your own up. You didn't get your own question right. Here. So. Yeah, okay. And John, you can't be part of tiebreaker, so Mike and I have to figure out one. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead and just tell us how many times has Kansas tied? Uh 57 times. Jesus. Oh, wow. Nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How many times of NFL, excuse me, how many NFL teams have made the playoffs after starting 0 3 since 1979? 
So how many NFL teams have made it after an 0-3 start since 1979? Is it four, five, six, or seven? Seven. I can't win, so. Five. Six. Mike, seven. Trey, six. Senior John. I said five. Was that an answer? We're going to overtime. The answer is six. It was the 81 Jets, the 82 Bucks, the 92 Chargers, who actually went 0-4 and finished off 11-5, the 95 Lions, the 98 Bills, and the 28 Houston Texans, who actually went from 0-3 to 11-5, and they lost in the wild card round. All right, we've got a tiebreaker. I got one. Okay. Dating back to 1990, just blank of 158 teams to start 0 and 3 made the postseason. What? Dating back to 1990, blank number of 158 teams to start 0 and 3 made the postseason. What's that number? Oh, what's the number? Blank number of 158 teams out of, out of the 158 Dating back to 1990, just this number of 158 teams to start 0 and 3 made the postseason. Two, John, don't say one. <laughs> yeah, no, your price uh, is in your head right here. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, I'm just trying to think. I'm still, re- I'm still, re- you know, it takes me a minute. I'm trying to. Digest so 158 teams have started 0-3 since 1990. How yeah. many of those 158 have made the playoffs? Okay. You got to question it better. Mm. Um, I'm going to go 20. And the answer is 4, 2.5%. <laughs> Your winner this week <laughs> is Mr. <laughs> Ready. Back at it. Keep them off the board. <laughs> Keep them off the board. I should tell you go price is right and always do that dollar. Dollar more. Give me three. <laughs> Give me three. <laughs> I thought he was gonna say uh, I I was not. I was in the twenties the whole time and I was like, uh, I don't know, twenty. God yep. damn you, Trey. All right, Trey's our week seventy nine champion. He has two wins. Mike has one, and Jamie has five. I have zero. Again. The comeback begins. Bro, it seems so promising for you this week. It seems so promising. So am I so am I the biggest disappointment this season? No. One of the one of the teams that could have a <laughs> slow start, but yes, I think I'm <laughs> yes it, to both. It, it's not looking good. Not looking good <laughs> at all. Because <laughs> we keep going, we keep going month to month, and I'm like, oh, we're in October already. So so, fellas, any Bad final yet. thoughts heading into the weekend? Yeah, Kentucky's about to take Georgia down. We're about to go 4-17 and all-time against number one teams, and Georgia will be exposed this week thanks to Mr. Running Ray Davis and Mr. Stoops' very stout defense that held Florida to 14 points. I think they're going to hold Georgia to under 20 and win. Mm, at the at the doghouse, huh? Mm-hmm. At the doghouse, yeah. Yeah. Michigan's got a tough game against Minnesota under the lights in Ann Arbor, so that's a trap game in my opinion. No, but they're at they're at home. Minnesota Minnesota could be a trap game in my opinion. Did you guys set a record for like most 
most games consecutively holding opponents to under seven or fewer points or something like that? I don't trust any opponent. I don't trust any opponent. And, you know, I just – every game – I take a quarter by quarter. So, it's a, it's a trap game in my opinion until we until we play the big dogs in the conference like Penn State. I think, I even think Michigan State's a trap game because they're playing them on the road in a, in a defeated season. So it's going to be a tough. That's going to be a tough game. But we got we we'll got, got Oklahoma Texas. Who you got? I got Texas winning Easy. by four touchdowns. A lot. No, I got I got an ass kicking. Texas beating down. I don't know about I don't, I, I got Texas. I don't think it's going to be close like it is from previous years. Not even close okay. because previous years it was like Texas 41, 47. So I'm saying Texas by four touchdowns. But make sure you guys go ahead and go to our description here. Get yourself 10% off at Fans Idea. They got a lot of great jerseys and get yourself your favorite jersey with your logo on there at 10% off Cinco Squad 10. And then also go ahead and shankitgolf.com and get yourself. 15% off with uh, discount code Cinco Squad. They have great hats, which I will have on next show, and great polos, great everything. Cool, funky gear that you, you can wear out on the course. People will be like, what you wearing? So get yourself 15% off with discount code Cinco Squad. And we are Cinco Squad. Customize Fire Matt Canada jerseys. Customize those two folks. We'd In those colors. In, In those colors. colors. Appreciate it. So and Mike, I got a fan's idea. Just shank it. Oh, I see what you did there. Nice. Well, well, fellas, we'll see. Well, everyone, we'll see you here next week. Episode eighty. We got about twenty episodes to go. Let's see if I can make this comeback. Make sure you, you go subscribe. You go subscribe down below at Single Squad Podcast, and we'll see you here next week. Single Squad out. Hey Trey, Baker can't lose this week. Bye week.